The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Yay! We're doing homemade sound effects this week, folks, because I am on location away from home. Here, I can can help you out with this one. Hold on. (laughs) But I might have to make a clip of yours, though, for just just for future reference. That's fine. I am your host, Ryder Cat. You can find me at Ryder Cat on Twitter. You can find me at News Notes Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Oh, Carolina. <laughs> he hates that one, so I'm going to do that one, you know, uh, in person. You see, how, you see how he treats me, right? Y'all see how, y'all see how he <laughs> And uh, that uh, well-placed manual sound effect comes from no none other than our man in Brooklyn. One agent underscore seven. In fact, I got you. Hold on. And now, directly from the planet of Brooklyn. What's up, y'all? How you doing? I am not in Brooklyn, still in New York State, though, but uh, representing BK to the fullest, as always, co-hosting this week, uh, you know, and, you know, because of movie protocol, and we will talk about the movie that we watched this week shortly. Indeed. And that is, if I did not say, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram, because as we uh, always ask, is Brooklyn in the house without a doubt? Exactly. And also, ka Oh, yeah, I forgot. I do have that. There you go. <laughs> I told him I wasn't doing this too much longer, but that's fine. I had to get a couple of them. Exactly. I, like, I know what the cues are. So in my mind, I'm like, I could just make them, you know, like, like uh, do, it, do it manually, as, as, as uh, I was saying earlier. Indeed. Uh oh, actually let me, let me flip back over here real quick. There we go. And to say that, uh hey, guess what, folks? This podcast is on the Coastal of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Thank you. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. You can also find us on your podcast perusal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. I was going to wait for you to do your thing before I did it, but. Ka-ching! No, no, not that, but. <laughs> oh! Um, oh, 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 that's right. I'm thrown off just a touch. Uh-huh. Make sure to click a like and subscribe and leave us all the five star reviews. Ka-ching! Although I could have waited until I said um, we also record every Thursday night normally, um, as Agent 70 just said, uh, on twitch.tv slash chronicles and youtube.com slash theclicknation. Make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so that you know when we are recording and leave us all the great five-star reviews. Exactly. 
And with that out of the way, folks, uh, let's dig into things. First, we are going to start off with, as we have been doing for the past uh, month or two, or month or so, with uh, the... I wish I had the, the, a picture here for it, actually. Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, episode number 14, called The Tipping Point. Yes, yes. And uh, the title is very very descriptive of where the plot of the overall season story is at this point because it is very accurate and it is spot on in that what Roddy Gat and I were talking about in our pre-production meeting is that the two kind of parallel disparate storylines that have been running over the course of this season with Crosshair and the rest of the Bad Batch kind of running in parallel to each other seem to now be on a collision course because of certain plot points having occurred and certain plot uh, uh, certain plot devices being employed to bring them together. Yep. Not unlike I, an, uh, an episode of Star Trek, which we will get into uh, in a little while. Uh, do such things happen when the, the A, and plot, A and B plots of the, uh, the episode kind of come together? Which you could kind of see it coming, though, you know, in this case. Yep. Um, and in certain cases of, you know, Trek and other sci-fi, you can, too. Because, like, sometimes they, things get made very apparent when they start to, uh, when you know they're going to come together. And this is that case here. So, right. and as I was also telling um, Agent 70 before the show, if I'm not mistaken, this is episode 14. And this is a, a 16 episode I'm fairly certain that this is the 16th episode uh, season and that the last two, which are coming up, I believe, next week, are gonna, is going to be a two-parter. Mm. So that's going to round us about. I will probably end up checking again, but I'm fairly certain that that is the case because I remember them saying that because uh, we had gotten a, um, a two-parter in the 7th and 8th. Right. Uh, episodes, and uh, I do remember reading that there was going to be another one at the end of the season. So, gotcha, gotcha. And seventh and eighth basically brought us to the halfway point of the season. So, mm-hmm. makes sense that they would have a, a double length episode at the end. Right, and in this case, it would probably there's probably a reason. Yeah, there's probably a similar reason for it, I guess. And mm-hmm. I don't think about it, given how those, those two episodes uh, kind of came up, came and went. So, without giving away too much more, I think pretty much everything is said to be said on that, Um, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm not entirely certain um, how many more seasons there are going to be in this show, if any, because I don't think this is going to be the end of it, but I also don't know if it's not, if that's not the case, you know? Right. Right, right, right. It's been three, so it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, and, and which actually, to that point, kind of brings us to the point to where... Well, wait, no, it's only been two. 
Oh, it's only been two. I apologize. Yeah, three for the Mandalorian, two first for this one. There. Which also brings the reason, like, they could do a third season and kind of do it like that. It's no, there's no hard and fast rule as to these things because we still don't have a season two of Obi Wan. Probably never will get one. Or Andor, which we, I think we know we're going to get uh, another season of. I believe that has been said. But there's no hard and fast rule as to you know how long these things are going to go. And I guess until the story is done or done enough. Right. <laughs> In the in the in the uh, in at least how Clone Wars went, they ended up uh, coming back later to it. So that's exactly exactly. I was going to cite Clone Wars as a weird example. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and it's still since it's still a felony joint, then yeah, who's to who's to say? Oh, interesting. Um, shout out to Benji Games too. What's Says, up? Uh, my mic is cutting out from time to time and it's dropping a few words. That is weird. I can hear them, which is weird. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a, it could be an internet thing. I don't know. Uh, I'm not getting any dropped frames and I know everything else. Uh, Benji also says, yo, Agent 70. What's going on? So, uh, thanks for that. I don't know. I'll try to look into that uh, to see if there's anything. I'm not sure. Like, my internet looks good, and I don't know. I don't. I'm not seeing any chopping on OBS or anything. So I have to look into it while we're going. But hopefully, the the um, the the um, the audio will be fine. That's uh, that's the key. I'll just have to look back at the um, the video version later. Yep. So. so and, yeah, that's that. So, check, 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 check. No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, that's uh, something I'm gonna have to look into for for uh, after the fact. Hopefully, we can bear with it though. Um, yeah. that being the case, let us move on before any other actual gremlins happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we definitely have had those. So, we just finished talking about Bad Batch, and now we're going to get into uh, The Mandalorian for this week. Mando! Which, uh, matter of fact, since I, since I got the board on me right now, I might as well. Okay. I, I added that in post last week because I just didn't want it to go without. But, um, we are on chapter, excuse me, season three, chap, uh, episode four, chapter 20, which is called The Foundling. Right. And of course, we have another example of the uh, basically the remnants of Death Watch rebuilding themselves and proving themselves to be kind of a weird mishmash of Mandalorians because apparently they're not very good at um, uh, protecting themselves from wildlife. And two, uh, I heard this, and and this was not my this was not my uh, my, my observation, but I, I definitely had this thought. I just didn't articulate it. It's like okay, so now we've run into a bunch of redneck Mandalorians just shooting across the water. <laughs> yes, and apparently they have a thing for bringing home fi- I was gonna say shots fired at rednecks. I bet know. shots fired during the course of that episode, also. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, apparently they have a thing for bringing home strays, also. Yeah, well, that's the whole point of the family, right? 
So, or one of them, either, uh, whether. So, okay. So, here's a question for you, Agent Seventy. Did one of two people, one of which has shown themselves before now, uh, did you know who that person was? Uh, in the specific case here, the youngling, the young one that they went after. Did you know who that was? No, it was first revealed, I think, in this episode. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess fully. But yeah, his name, his name is in the set. But you saw, uh, and this is not a spoiler because the, the intro, does, they do, a, uh, um, they kind of do a recap at the beginning of the story. So right. uh, I did not notice after uh, I was, uh, until I looked it up, that is the nephew of someone that you don't care too much about. Greg Land? okay let's go to television personalities okay of the late night sort the late night sort oh okay so so that's the nephew that's not a fallon is it it is not no okay late night sort so well it could be uh somebody from snl Mm -hmm. will ferrell nope no I give you one more guess. One that would be associated with Disney. In a way. In a way. <laughs> Late night, huh? Mm-hmm. You know, I apologize for the dead air, folks, because I am very much deep in thought. <laughs> and. I'm trying to come up with the ticking time thing, unfortunately. So, say again. I don't have the tipping ticking time. uh, uh, Right, exactly, exactly. I I would have pulled it on myself, to be honest. Um, Or the Jeopardy theme, right? Or the 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 final Jeopardy music. Um, I do have that. I don't have it on here though. I I give. Who is it? Kimmel's nephew. Listen, I don't mind Kimmel. Fallon, I mind. Okay, no, because you I, I distinctly remember you saying you didn't care for too much for for Kimmel at one point. Kimmel is okay. He's not great. He's not, you know, he's just kind of there. Right. Right. Fallon, the one, you know, him and his stupid <laughs> laughing at his own jokes, stupidity. Right, right, right. But yeah, it's come to find out that that is uh, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, which I guess if okay. you look close enough, like you can kind of see the resemblance. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know what may possess me to, because I was, oh, that's what it was. I was looking at the credits. And I was like, it said Wesley Kimmel. And I'm like, not his son, because I think his son's like still, or his, yeah, his son's like still little. So, yeah. Um, so, and yeah, so I just happened to look that up as a, as a thing. But there is someone else without giving it away that shows up, um, that shows up in the course of the show, uh, in a in a slightly different light than we have seen them in. Um and I'm just gonna put this out here, which is going to sound like a spoiler. Misa knows where you've seen him yeah. before. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, so, you, so with, you you some people gonna die? Yes. Um so I when I got to that part and I was like, why does this look? Oh snap! It can't be. And then the I, shirt... did not know, I did not know who that was. 
I did not know until I was listening to podcast afterwards. Right. It was. It was like I said, again. It was a credit. So I was like, it was like I know that face. I know this dude this is somewhere. And the credit show was like, oh snap! It's freaking him. And I'm yeah. just gonna put this out there. This does not make up for past transgressions with the the other character that this person has played in the Star Wars universe. Right. But what it does do is give him some shine yes. as an actor. Uh in a universe where he's really gotten a lot of abuse, even though some of those, some of that abuse is probably deserved for the transgressions that, and I think I could have sworn, and I don't want to put something on him that wasn't, but I could have sworn he had gotten in a little bit of allegation trouble at one point, but oh, I don't know. Boy. I don't know if that's actually true or not. Cause I don't think they would have had him back if that was the case. Um, right. But you're right about that, and I think I saw an article out there that saying like, yeah, he kind of had some intrepidations about kind of coming back to the universe, right? You know, because right. of because of things. So, but it, it it was it was interesting to see, and it was also, and, and I'm sorry for spoiling spoiling it for anybody who kind of got that got got who it was off the bat. But hopefully, you come into this like much later, <laughs> right? After and you've ultimately, seen the show. I, I, my understanding is that the character that he's playing. Uh, was you know not not exactly budget Mace Windu, but Correct. was rather was rather a character that was created for him yes. in another Star Wars vehicle. Yes, um, a, the Star Wars version of uh, the the Hidden Temple. Okay, it was a game show, right? It was a game show. Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I actually, yeah, I found that out uh, after watching one of the like, Easter egg videos. So I was like, I did not know that was the case because I was trying to figure out where that, where this Jedi came from. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Sorry. Right, 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 right. But, but so to, to not spoil too, too much in it, it, too much else, the, the following does uh, have a couple of meanings um, for a couple of characters. Well, for what happens in the show, rather. And one character right. in particular is one of the main characters. Uh, which you can guess who that is, um, right? It, it, it sounds like uh, uh, you know. I'm trying to come up with what with what that rhymes yeah, with. Yeah, good luck um, with that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Tofu. Yeah, sure. Close enough. <laughs> hey, it does. Yeah, I still have a theory about. Um, I still have a theory about them that I don't think is true, but I would kind of more like to be true than what they may be going towards. But I will probably uh, share that later along with another theory I have for another thing we'll talk about. But moving right along, though, um, I don't know if there's anything else to, to say about it. It was there's a good like episode. Restaurant Nobu. Um, <laughs> see, now you got me going on it now. I mean, sure, that, that, that also works. Um, you could also say "Yo, boo!" You know, if you're talking to your your your, your exactly, significant exactly, other. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so we get uh, we get some some we definitely get some some story in, in this one uh, that people have been wondering about in, in this particular episode, and we also see yeah the the, the Mandalorians basically kind of. For some strange reason, as Agent Seventy said, um, having troubles with wildlife that you wouldn't <laughs> think that they would be having any trouble giving their massive armaments, right. but you know certain things you just can't. <laughs> certain things you can't. Uh, you can't. Uh, 
you know, you can only get suited up for, I guess. Right, because apparently the Mandalorian armor is like so anti-Jedi that apparently they can't take on like alligator crocod- uh, alligator turtles or right. Giant flying things. Yeah, it's very singular in its in its uh, in its uh, in its nature. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So to where that the, anything else comes across, and they they gotta they gotta um they, they're they outgunned. Deal with it. They're literally outgunned. Right. So it's 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 kind of funny, but like I said, it was a good episode, and the the information that we ended up finding out was definitely long um, long asked for. Yeah, long time coming. It's been a long time coming for a specific thing that Roddy Cat is very, very obliquely mentioning. Yeah, um, and I, honestly, it kind of bummed me out just in a because I thought I thought something slightly different and something slightly different was going to be the case, or at least who was involved, I should say. And and mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that because yeah, it's just skirting way too much, just telling too much about it. And like I said, it just happened a couple of days ago, so we don't want to spoil too much more than what we already have. Right. Um, that being the case, we can push on and rock on to the next thing, which I know Agent Seventy did not get a chance to um, to talk about to 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 watch. To watch. But I would just kind of skirt it like we were going to do in there because it, it just came out the. The, yesterday as of this recording which was uh t- we we're recording on a friday came out on thursday so we would have been skirting around it anyway and that is star trek picard uh season three episode six um and this is called the bounty <clears throat> so as agent 76 w- would say they are continuing to get the band back together because there is mm-hmm. um uh yeah uh, there is another member or two may have been added uh, to the to the folks. And I was telling Agent Seventy before the show, I've I, and I've had this feeling for the last few episodes, or well, actually the, since the beginning of the season. But it is becoming; it feels more and more apparent that uh, um, some of what the advertisement may be suggesting may be the case for <clears throat> for our um our next generation crew or at least one or two of our next generation crew probably just one but i don't know if that's the case and i don't know if they would actually do it uh and i don't know if they would do the one or two that i'm thinking of for reasons one, I'll just go ahead and say it is the, the star of the show, um, and that's uh, Picard. And and like as I told Agent Seventy, nothing in this episode suggests that that's the case. But I don't know. I just have this feeling. It was like, well, you know what? Maybe they will close out the cal- uh, close out the season and close out the character by doing this. Mm-hmm. Although, if you watched the first season of Picard, they could have just went ahead and done that. Uh, but they didn't. But I'm seeing another reason how they could, given this episode. And that's all I'll say about that. Um, there is some going along with the theme that has been going along uh, through the season of family. Um, there is a little bit more of that touched on. Which is also seemed to be the week of it, because the, the thing we're going to get to next is also in some small way talks about family. <laughs> 
you gotta love it. It's, it's it's the fast effect. Yeah, and and I'm just going to go ahead and say it now. If those two franchises don't intersect, I'm going to be very upset. I've already got two franchises hooked together in my own canon. That, that just go need to go ahead and uh, add this one. Let it be done with it. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. But we'll get to that in a second. Which actually, um, yeah, we can just go on to it. The 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 crew find themselves in trouble as they've been in as they have been doing it, and they need to seek out some help as they have been doing. So, which uh, again brings someone else into the fold. But that person has also kind of been known to to show up. Uh, before now, so. But something may or may not uh, uh, be uh, unsuspecting. It kind of happens towards the end. Uh, but also probably shouldn't be uh, unsuspecting, I should say, giving the whole three seasons of Picard. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> like I said, I'll let Agent 70 um, watch it for himself and... Um, you know, give his uh, responses to it uh, if he so chooses next time, or if you if you want to <laughs> if he wants to say something about the episode in the in the group chat. I don't know, but right. um, but it was a good episode. I thought because this season's been pretty good and it's continued to be to be good. Um, then that's all I'll say about that. Now then, folks, um, huh? Okay, apparently. Okay, Benji says that audio is better on... So maybe Twitch is having problems. Says mm. audio is better on YouTube and that he can't stand Jimmy Kimmel because dude is a hypocrite. I'm not sure why that is, why? but okay. But okay, exactly. I don't follow... I don't I don't think either Roddy Cat or myself are followers of Jimmy Kimmel closely, close enough. Yeah, not so much. Mark on that, so... Yeah, so maybe Twitch, Twitch might be having some issues because we are kind of streaming on two different things and it is very possible that that's the case so we're going to continue to push on with um actually you know what i haven't done this yet and i probably should have done it yes spoiler bell yes we spoiler are bell. bell territory yes spoiler bells for everything we have talked about so far which if you watch if you listen to the video version i mean to the audio version i usually have one uh before like, a, all of like this. an overall warning before the show exactly so there is that and if you still mad at us first for spoiling us then the, now then that's all on you we really help. have not spoiled anything in this discussion nothing today. other than yeah, nothing nothing that's like story uh centric right. you know, we, we definitely spoiled like a a, a guest appearance by a, a particular actor right but you know, for someone like myself who doesn't necessarily have like every actor's image burned into my brain, then I didn't, re- you know, like for me, I didn't recognize that person. Right. But speaking of things being burnt or people being burnt, um, we're going to talk about this. That's not a spoiler either. Uh, that was just my wicked tip as a transition. Uh, we're going to talk about John Wick Chapter Four, which is the reason why we went on movie protocol. Yes, and it was worth it, folks. You know, it's an almost three-hour-long movie, oh, yeah. but it is so fun. If you are a fan of the action movie genre. I think that you will find yourself just entertained, 
intrigued by how they were able to do some of the things that they showed on screen. Mm. And just looking at the techniques and just marveling at them, you know, we're not dealing with a ton of CGI here, folks. No. A lot of this is practical stunt work. Right. Which actually, before you go on, before you go on uh, reminds me of an article that I wish I had put into to the uh, lineup. But Chad Stilinski kind of went out there, was, was saying in the last couple of days, was like, yeah, the Oscars need to put in a, um, a, 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 um, an award for stunts. Yeah, and the hell's based, yeah, 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 and based on this movie alone, I and mean, even or even movies in the past, which have done like some really great stunt work, you know, before now, I I would agree with them. I'm I'm kind of shocked that they don't have that if they do have it. Like I, granted, that would probably be something they would relegate like to before the show. Yeah, a technical award, right? But still, the, it should. It should uh, there should be an awards uh, for those if they don't have them because yeah. That being said, uh, John McFour. So here's my take on it. I enjoyed the movie, point blank. It's but however, it's kind of one of the things, and and I agree with what Agent Seventy said as what he said now and before the show because they have definitely find found some new ways to pre- present some things that have been done uh, in the past uh, movies, but it's still good and it's still in very ways visceral mm-hmm. they kept that part up you know right right hold that thought hold your next thought because okay. i'll add on to the part about the comment that you make about it being visceral because it really is and it was in my experience enhanced by the rpx showing that i saw it in mm-hmm. because the sound was so enhanced and so uh 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 you know, effective in translating everything you saw on screen into a feeling, mm-hmm. right? You could feel it. That's the whole point of calling it, of describing it as visceral. You could feel the action, you know, the, at least in my viewing, the sound really enhanced, like the thuds, the uhs, mm-hmm. the grunts, everything, the gunshots, the, the, the collisions. So uh, even the, uh, you know, there, there's a part where, um, it's really emphasized right at the beginning where Roddy Cat somehow had someone in his theater take yeah, a quickie nap at the beginning, right? And there's like a, a loud thudding that's almost like a gong at the beginning of the movie. Right. And in RPX, that was like like literally like a, like you were on the like like in a bell tower. So like you I were know, venom, like you were venom getting knocked out by Spidey with the church bells. Right. So you know? I don't know if they had that particular RPX thing. What what you're talking about? I don't I don't know uh, if that's the case. But it definitely the sound in my theater was definitely resounding to the to the okay. point to where you okay. could you could still feel it. And yeah, so yeah, like uh, I was telling the age of seventy, uh, this was before the, sh- the the movie even started. There was somebody that was uh, like down below, which I had a light crowd, which I'm I'm very happy about because y'all know me and, and this whole COVID situation I'm not fucking around but there was like a, a handful of people in the theater and I went to an early showing anyway I was actually slightly surprised that it was um, that it wasn't as crowded as it was but at the same time all you know Marvel movies and you know these movies probably slightly different levels of uh, attendance uh, right you know different levels of hype 
Yeah, and 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 Roddy Cat is right. I think that the the urge to see opening night for Marvel to not get spoiled is a lot stronger. Right, and I'm pretty sure there was probably a lot more people at the the evening shows for the for for this one than than what I got. But like I said, there was there was somebody who b- before the movie even started during the previews just snoring. Like I could hear them, <laughs> uh, and I know they were like down, you know, down a little bit. So I was like. Uh, it was kind of funny, but then when the movie first started and it starts off kind of strong with what Age of Seventy was mentioning, I'm pretty certain they woke up right then and there because of what happened. Because there was no way in the world you were sleeping through that sound, right? You know, happening right off the bat. Right. So I'll tell you very quickly just to just to add on my two cents to uh, Roddy Cat mentioning uh, the um, the crowd. My showing was at seven o'clock. And it was not packed, but there was a good crowd. Mm-hmm. There was definitely a good crowd. So it was not packed, but it was definitely a good crowd. Which I guess lends to is what I was saying. Probably the later guests, probably the, the more people's probably going <laughs> to end up showing up. Because it is Friday. Well, it was a Thursday night, but Thursday, that's another right. thing, you know. So that, that, that makes a, a lot of sense. Regardless, um, like I said... Outside of that, the only other thing I was going to say, because anything else would probably get into spoiler territories, I will reiterate what I said on Twitter, which uh, if folks hadn't seen, probably not. But um, there have definitely been some, there are definitely people involved with this uh, movie who has seen, who have seen and played some video games and have read some comic books. I agree because there are, are there are some key shots and some key action scenes that seem that they could very well be out of either one of those mediums. Um, okay. Uh, and and well done, and it kind of goes back to what Agent Seventy was saying about the things presented in a in a different way. So, and that's kind of what made the movie for me because outside of that, like yeah, John, it was a good movie, but at the same time, to me, it still felt like the same stuff we've been getting for the last two or three movies. And I will say that, hold on, hold on, before you say anything. Um, I still would say that if you like, if you can get past two and you like two, you will still, you're still guaranteed to like these. Right. I think that's an excellent point because I feel that the story, story wise, I think the first movie is the strongest, Mm -hmm. right? Everything after the first movie builds on what happens in the first story, in the first movie. And how willing you are to jump into the lore and the structure of the story that they're building, once one finishes, how willing you are to like work with them and, 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 and learn about this world really affects how well you receive movies three and four. Right. Two is still, you know, like a real direct follow up to one. Mm-hmm. So I think that's I think that's a fair criticism. What I was going to add is that movies like like you kind of, you know, like I was talking to someone who uh, was saying that they needed to watch two and three. Mm-hmm. And I said, there's no real rush because these movies aren't going anywhere. And ultimately, if you know, if you can get past two Three is like a nonstop action movie, and that's kind of what four is. Mm-hmm. But four, an ex- uh, but for an excellent sequence towards the end of the movie that turns partially 
like surprisingly effectively comical. Yes. There is an incredible sequence that <laughs> made everyone in the theater burst out laughing. And uh, it, it was like a it, release. Mm-hmm. If it's you the know, one I'm thinking of, I, I, I think even though there the was not that one, many people. Right? The, oh, exa- oh, exactly, because your crowd, you know, like it was, it's a different experience when there's less of a crowd. Right, but we still, but it's still like everybody who was in there still reacted a similar way to that part if it's the same one. Exactly, like we, we, de- we had uproarious, uproarious <laughs> laughter in my theater. And, you know, it was, a, it was an excellent, like I said, it was a sense of release because there's just so much, like, you know, John Wick uh, is, you know, the, the series of movies, especially after the first one, you start to really feel that, yes, he's a machine, but he gets hurt. He needs time to recover. He has this, this incredible suit of, uh, <laughs> of ballistic, you know, bulletproof material. So ridiculous. Right? <laughs> you know, and you know what's funny? I noticed this. The last suit he puts on is a three-piece, mm-hmm. which means he has an extra vest, right. which means he has extra protection. And they make a point of mentioning that, like, oblique, you know, like, very, very casually, like, back, like, offhandedly at the end of the movie. Right. Oh, even in the going into the part that you're talking about, there is a, you know, a, a visual and auditory reference to that. Being the case. That's my point. Yeah, it's yeah. very offhand. Like they don't they don't come right out and say, yeah, you know, like this is the, you know, like this is almost like an extra layer of protection. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know. I have one three piece suit now. I actually want to go out and get an actual black three piece <laughs> suit because of this. Unfortunately, I I've I had to have one because of. Uh, I've had a black three piece in, in the past. I don't right. know if I still have. I have a black suit, but it's not a three piece. I wonder if I still have the vest for it. But ultimately, um, uh, now I'm curious, you know, like when I get home, I'm going to go through my closet. I'm like, do I still have the vest for this? If not, I'm just going to have to go shopping for a three piece because a three piece black one. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. Now I want a three piece black suit. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, they're good to have for for reasons. But unfortunately, the 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 one reason that people would normally get a black suit for, you know, is not a good one, but. You know, black is also versatile, so you can, you know, you can do things. That's Roddy Cat speaking. Listen to a New Yorker. We have black suits. Well, again, <laughs> like I said, versatile. We, but, we, but, we, we wear black all the time. Well, you also have. By the uh, way, you know, I was going to say, by the way, that was as close as me. Uh, it's too bad I didn't take a picture. I was all black everything to go nice. watch John Wick yesterday. I had a black button down with black cufflinks, black shoes, and black slacks, and a black leather coat. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I was there with a with an uh, with a good friend, a dear friend at Boss Jones on uh, Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, we were joking about how this is the closest I ever get to actually cosplaying. So here's the funny you just mentioned that real quick. Um, uh, I had a um, a thing in my showing where there was two people that worked in the studio and um, worked in the theater was in there. I think they were looking for somebody. Now, at first I was like, wait, is this a part of, is this a part of the bit of a bit? Is this a part of the movie? It wasn't because they were in, you know, regular 
you know, m- you know their movie, uh, their, their their uniform. So, but they were you could tell they were looking for somebody. But it almost felt like the, all they needed was some black suits to come in there, and they would have been a part of the movie. Because right around the part that they came in on was when you know, obviously people were looking for John Wick, which is that's not a spoiler because that always happens in every movie. It always happens. It so, always happens. But I was like, at that time, I was like, because I was kind of curious, and luckily it was a kind of a slow moment. So, because so I, I kind of afforded myself. I was like, well, who is he looking for? And I was like, kind of looking around myself to who is ever looking for. I was like, wait, somebody having sex in the theater or something? I was like, there wasn't that many people in there to kind of get away with that, but you know. <laughs> so I don't know, but they kind of came in, was like looking at each other, and then kind of whatever. But they then then they left. So I was like, I thought that was kind of amusing at the time that they came and did it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there was that. Um, I thought I want to go back to something really, really quick uh, to something you said, like or something we both actually said. Like I felt like between two and three, the 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 series kind of kind of started to go away from the first one in a way like yeah it kept in the world it kind of kept in the same kind of framework but at the same time it was like okay they feel like they're kind of getting away from the original intent of this especially with you know two having kind of finished love at least part of that at least the initial part of that but it kind of kept going and kept going so but then i can it can kind of be said that this one kind of I think in, probably intentionally try to wrap it back around. Yeah, I agree. So, and, and try to kind of keep it in, try to keep it kind of reined in because it was very much in danger of kind of just going off, going, going well away from where it started, which it wouldn't be a bad thing if they had someplace to go. Cause as we know from fast and furious franchise that started off one way and kind of went in a completely different play, place. And it's still kind of going, uh, and another thing, and I'll say, I finish and say, uh, John Wick in space. That's what we need, John oh, Wick in space. So, jeez, oh, that's gonna be that would be crazy. So, that being said, uh, two things: they need to just go ahead, as I told Agent Seventy, just go ahead and just blend those two franchises together because there was some talk about family in in this. That's you know, not because yeah. I believe this was also something that came out in the trailer, uh, in one of the trailers, but. Now doesn't doesn't mean that there has anything to do with anything directly in particular, but like I said, there was there was it. It kind of felt like there was that whole Dom Toretto would be, be right off screen just saying family, <laughs> and just uh, like he's uh, the dude from Mortal Kombat type situation. Uh, but also stay until the end of the movie. Stay until the end of the credits. Yes, there is a post credit scene at the end of this movie. Like re- like when I say post credit, I don't mean mid credit. I really mean post credit, right. like after the music credits end, because the music credits are always the cue of the an, of the end of the credits of the movie. So when you see the music credits come up, you know it's about to end. The credits are about to end, and you might get a scene at a Marvel movie. Right. In fact, this is the first time that a John Wick movie has had any sort of mid or end credit scene. Mm-hmm. So I was fortunate enough to. Google this, Google and search for this information prior to watching the movie on Thursday, Roddy Cat will tell you that he has a different reason for him staying. Yeah, I am, as I told Agent 70 before the show, I am just so conditioned by Marvel movies at this point, I will stay to the end of the credits for any movie, no matter what it is. 
I was like, even if I'm thinking, because I was like, there couldn't. I even thought in the in the in the in the midst of me sitting there doing the credits, I was like, they couldn't possibly have a, a an uh, end credit scene for this, and surely did, because people in my theater was walking out. So it was like me and one other person that was still in credit. It wasn't that many people to begin with, but was was still in the theater till the end of the credits, and that's well outside of the the you know two people that worked there also, but right, uh, right, and 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 the opposite. Uh, kind of situation was my situation in that uh, we had a good crowd and a, a large number of people remained during the credits and I leaned over to one of them I said excuse me did you see online that there was in fact a post credit scene and they said yeah and so they basically basically confirmed to me that I had seen the same that they had seen the same information online right so whereas Age of Seventy went to the the internet, I just used the force. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if if Roddy Cat's midi chlorian count is that much higher. No, nah, that was just dumb luck. Because it was like I said, like I said conditioned, <laughs> just conditioned by Marvel movies at this point to be like, all right, I I, I gotta, you know, I didn't have anywhere to be. You know, so it was like I, at worst, I lost you know the 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 few minutes that the trailer kind of uh, went through. At best, hey, I was right, <laughs> and then right. being right just by happenstance. So. All righty then. So you know, I guess what we can say is, it's a pretty it's pretty much a ringing endorsement. But I think the one caveat I would give is that if you are a fan of John Wick, you have to go watch this. If you are a casual fan of John Wick and you have not actually been able to sit through John Wick 3, you may not want to skip 3 to get to 4. I still say 2, though. Like I say, if you get to the end of 2 and be like, I want more of this, then yeah, you're good. I think, then, but I think 3 is the one where I think I heard people have some struggles with getting through. That's oh, I what I, you know. Totally. Yeah. But like I said, I was still kind of on board for, you know, I was like, all right, let me see. <laughs> Let me see. Right. But I think I, I think we're I think we're already in the bag for 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 this movie. You know what I mean? Right. That's why yeah. we made we took we we initiated and, and and executed movie protocols because of it. It's not every movie that we do that for folks. You know that. This is true. You know, Shazam: Fury <clears throat> of the Gods came out last week. Were we on? Were we on the air that same week? Yes, we were. Yes, we were. Um. Yes. Um. I don't know when that next Fast and Furious movie is coming out, but that would be the other one that we would do it for. Right. That, yeah, for, that that's not necessarily like a superhero or genre movie. Right. Unless they go there, which at this point, who knows what that franchise Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, what, what, what are your plans for Dungeons and Dragons? I, at this point, I, I'm curious about it, and I kind of want to see it, but I'm not sure about going into movie program. Because that's next week. Yeah, I know. Which actually almost made me, I almost considered getting that, uh, you know, how theaters have that, hey, unlimited thing, so you can go see, X, you know, X, Y, and Z movies. I'm like, there's yep. enough movies that all, that'll come out in the next month or two that will almost make that worth it. Right. And I've considered it, but I haven't done it, so. so all right, yeah, folks, we'll there it I is. What, what about you? You think about it? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's not one of those movies where – see, the thing is I can't use as a barometer a movie that I would absolutely go on my own to watch anymore. 
Right. Good right? crew. Because there have been movies where I'm just like, I'm going on my own. I don't care if anybody else wants to go. Right. Right? But it seems like now, I don't know, maybe it's still like a, a, a new, like kind of late stage pandemic thing. Where I'm like, you know what? If, if no one else wants to go, maybe I can wait. You know? I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, you that, you've you've talked about your crew, so I know you have enough people that have a couple of varying um, fandoms that exactly you, that exactly. you kind of in that would probably necessitate a, a you know a, a couple of group watches of stuff, right? So yeah, I don't know. Is that one of them? <sighs> it's hard to say. Hmm. Hard to say. I mean, I'll put feelers out there and see what they have. To, I mean, it may not be a Thursday night. It may not be an opening night thing. It might be a weekend thing. Right. So we'll keep everyone posted, folks. Right. Because like I said, the curiosity is there. I'm just, you know, I'm not sure. And, and let's face so it. Whether or not it's comments. right. Whether or not it's an opening night. That's the point right. that we're all kind of skirting around, which is whether or not it's an opening night movie protocol, you know, like initiate movie protocol night. So. Realistically, when I I you know it would be more for eight to seventy for myself because I usually try to hit movies in the afternoon, so I could right exactly, and I have to go after show. work, so right. So well, like I said, we'll we'll, we'll keep out covered. It is still kind of in the purview because there are definitely Dungeons Dragons comic books that are out there. So t- one you know even if we had put it in on a it's, technicality, it's still thing. genre, right? right? I was gonna say it's still it's definitely genre. Like that's that's definitely a lot closer than even John Wick. Even though there are John Wick comics, that so. actually and the funny you should mention that because I just I wanted to bring that to people's attention because uh, we did talk while well, we did talk about it on the show when they were going out while, when they were happening they were coming out yeah yeah um uh, let's see yes I twenty seventeen twenty eighteen uh, yeah Dynamite, I collected them what's that I collected them I did too comics yeah 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 I did too Greg Park wrote them. Uh, let's see who's uh, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Giovanni Valletti and Matt uh, Gordillo uh, did the where the did the art. The letters done with Tom uh, Napolitano. I'm butchering that name. I apologize. Uh, David Curiel and Insight Studios did the colorist. Um, but yeah, you can go check that out uh, for yourself. I believe it was more of a prequel to the movies, yes. Um, yes. if I remember correctly. Yes, that's how I remember it as well. Yeah, and it only lasted five issues. Uh, I'm not sure if that's how many it was supposed to go or if that's, um, you know, if that's where it kind of petered out. I'm not sure because I don't remember them saying whether it was supposed to be uh, um, an ongoing. No, actually, I think they did say it was supposed to be just a, a limited series. Now that I think about it. So, um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting read. I will say that whether it had any uh, bearing on the movies or not, I don't remember it. Doing I so. think it was. I think it was just an addition, right? So, <clears throat> but yeah, it's out there just in case anybody's looking for it. Because I know somebody might come up and like, you know what? There, there should be a John Wick comic book. There already was. <laughs> so, mm. Go back and find it. Folks. Exactly. That being said, we're going to get into current comic books <clears throat> because I think we have exhausted everything else. Unless you no, know, no, that's pretty much it. No, we're good. Yeah. Uh, So we're going to get into current comic books with the likes of. Oh, I am so glad I didn't hit that. Um, What did we say we were going to start off with? I'm sorry. (laughs) We only had a few choices. I mean, we do have uh, a number of books in common between us. But I think we said we're going to start with Doctor Strange number one. That is correct. 
Doctor Strange number one is the launch of the latest number one issue starring Stephen Strange. But there is a twist. And I'll get to that twist in a second after I give the creative team. Uh, this book is written by Jed McKay with art by Pasquale Ferry and Andy McDonald. Colors are by Matt Hollingsworth and Ian Herring. Letters are by VCs Corey Petit. So getting back to what is different about this book is that we, in fact, have not one, but two Sorcerers Supreme in this book, one being of the Earth dimension and one being of the Dark dimension. And if you did not read the Strange, just Strange series, which turned out to, to be a limited series that uh, was the predecessor of this latest Doctor Strange series, you should go back and read it because it was actually pretty good because it fills in the gap between the quote-unquote death of Doctor Strange and where we are now. It fills in that story, and it's and it's a decent story because it actually has um, elements that are followed up on in this book. You know, everything from a brand new heretofore, at least to me, unknown branch of Shield. There's always a branch of Shield that we've never heard of. That you know, uh, because of the the uh, the, uh, the the the. Uh, the, the canceling or, or the, the the ending of S.H.I.E.L.D. for the umpteenth time, there's always some branch out there, right, that handles this, you know, that they handle something. And right. now they're, you know, kind of leaderless or rudderless. In this case, that is WAND. <laughs> and elements of that story, right, elements of that story find themselves in this issue as Doctor Strange is looking to reacclimate himself to what's going on in the world since he's been, um, to quote Kelly Clarkson, since he's been gone. But um, bump, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe I just quoted Kelly Clarkson, but I, it just came into my mind. It's like since you've been gone. Hey, boo. boo! Exactly, folks. I, um, I'll take that one. I, I'll take that one head on. But yeah, um, Jed McKay, if I'm not mistaken, was also the writer of that Strange series. So this is pretty much yes. him going from one character to actually to both, actually, because you know Clea is still within this book. Uh, right. And yeah, like I just said, we find uh, Doctor Strange kind of reacclimating himself back into the world. And weirdly enough, doing something actually it's kind of funny because there's a um is a joke at the beginning of the book that Jed McKay uh kind of um um brings up one of his other one of the other books that he's doing. Um and also one of his one of the other characters that he's also been doing for a good while also shows up in this book. But nevertheless, the joke has to do with uh um uh, Stephen doing something similar to one of what his uh, his uh, other character is doing. <laughs> Stephen's like divorce, but right? Also, but also, um, I would add that not only is this other character doing it, but there is another um, um, magically inclined character that is also doing a similar thing. That is the Scarlet Witch, which uh, I guess he hadn't caught up with her just yet uh, about that, but you know. We'll see if they ever cross paths in, in this book or not, or in her book or not, I guess. So, right. 
other than that, it was a pretty good first issue. It starts off one way, but of course, you know, um, there's um, there's a a dilemma, for lack of a better word, or for something stronger and more direct that I would choose not to say to to give anything away. That happens uh, during the course of this. That is going to, um, uh, I guess, fuel the first arc. Uh, of this mm-hmm. uh, book or the first uh, couple of issues we don't know but i it, from what it seemed like it might be arc uh but also as agent 70 said um you know these um these side agents of uh offshoots of shield that happen to to come along that we don't know about that just happen to get pulled out of thin air uh kind of comes into play in a backup story where we find out where what wong is up to Right. Uh, in relation to um, things. So, and it makes sense given what he said. It was like, you know what? Hey, these two are off doing their thing, so I'm giving them some space, but I'm still keeping busy. Um, and that goes back into the aforementioned, um, you know, what he's doing with the aforementioned um, X Shield uh, department, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, in a slightly humorous way. So what they plan, and it also feeds back into the main uh, story in a certain way, which we will not, uh, um, which we will not uh, give up. But I guess it was bound to happen one way or the other. So because I did, you know, what? I'm glad you said that, uh, that about the one. I will probably find out when that got introduced, but I'll look at that while we're talking about something else. It's <clears throat> okay. Um, but yeah, that was definitely Dr. Strange. Um, the number one, gotta have a new number one, you know? Right. I, I liked it. It was a good opening issue. Totally. Obviously we did keep up with the strange, uh, uh, series prior to this, the maxi series or, you know, limited series or maxi series, however you want to call it. Right. Uh, you know, prior to this. So we are familiar and up to date with the happenings that are, uh, going on at 177A Bleecker Street in Manhattan. So um, ultimately, I think this is a good start. And uh, moving on to the next book, how about we do something that we have become... <sighs> I'm looking for the right word. Jaded to, maybe? Uh, I think I know where you're going. Okay. And that being Amazing Spider-Man number 2022. Oh, okay. No, I did not know where you were going to. Oh, did you, wait, wait. Do you want to touch on Monica Rambeau? No, 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 no. We'll do Amazing because we'll, we'll get to Monica. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. All right. So, so as you can tell, folks, we're kind of loading up the guns. Amazing Spider-Man number 22 is written by Zeb Wells with uh, pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite. Always, 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 our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So, we are in the next chapter of what is supposed to be the big reveal of why Peter Parker and Mary Jane are not together. And why Peter Parker is on the outs with the entire world and or superhero community in both his private uh, persona as Peter Parker and as Spider-Man. So we're starting to see some of that be filled in. I think 
at least in this issue, we get a lot of exposition as, as to you know how all this stuff fits together. The last issue, the previous issue, had a lot of exposition as well because it explained where we had last seen this character that apparently caused this whole mess. Roddy Cat has his own view on this. Go ahead. Yeah, so as I said, I, told, I just already already heard this before, but um, <clears throat> uh, during our during our pre-show meeting, but there is a line said by uh, one Mary Jane Watson that pretty much sums up this issue for me, uh, and she says, "There's a lot about this situation that doesn't make sense," and it's true. Also, coming off of that, as as I told you, the seventy, it's like. I we have been wanting to know what happened for so long, and now we're here. I'm not entirely sure if I want to know anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't blame Roddy Cat for feeling that way. I really don't. Because now that we're here in this thing and everything that has happened in the last this issue and the last issue was like, wait, is the last issue? Because I thought, no, you're right. It was last year. Because I was still thinking about that um the whole break thing, and that was uh yeah. Which hey, let's go back to that. But anyway, um, yeah, there's it's a lot, and it also has you while they footnote it has you going back to um, a story which they have footnoted before uh, from from Spider-Man's past. Uh, I can't remember when when this was that this is calling back to. But like I said, it's um, it's it's a whole lot, and it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And now that we're here, I'm like, oh, jeez, <laughs> please let it, let it go, or not let it go. But uh, okay, let's get past this. I think there's only one other thing that we still don't know about, and I don't know if that's going to be um, thought up, uh, brought about here. And that's Mary Jane's powers that she had during the whole um, Mary Jane. Right, Black we still haven't. Yeah, we're, we're going to see. I guess that pop up at some point. I'm assuming that's probably going to be that might end up being what this is just me armchairing this because I have no idea because it seems like something that should come up next given what happened in this issue. I have no idea if that's the case, but that, that if I guess if I was writing it, which I'm, I am not, I'm not the writer here. If I was writing this, that's probably what I would do. But then again, if I was the writer, I probably wouldn't have done, probably wouldn't have done this. So. It's not a knock on Deb, Deb Webbs. I'm just saying that you know he's, he's he's got a long con that he's doing, and we're along for the ride. Uh, clearly, we're still along for the ride uh, right. here if we're still talking about this book. So we shall see what happens. That's 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 all I got to say about it. Sounds good to me. All right, next up. Something else that we may have some interesting views on is Monica Rambeau, Photon number four of five. So this is the penultimate issue of this limited series. It's written by Eve L. Ewing with art by Luca Maresca, colors by Carlos Lopez, and letters by VCs Clayton Cowell. So Eve Ewing's attempt to stay hip with the current slang and lingo falls flat to me, but I'm an old head and Roddy Cat is as well. And I think uh, our ears are deaf to some of these attempts. Ultimately, though, I had more of an issue with, I guess, some of the developments in this 
story that were revealed as sort of surprise reveals. And Rodcat will talk about one specifically that he had issue with that as soon as I mentioned it, we started on this whole tangent, not tangent, but we started on this whole diatribe during the pre-production meeting. So go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm with Agent 70 on the speech, uh, the Monica Rand's Bow speech, because we have had the same issue with uh, Cody Ziegler and how he's writing Misty Knight and uh, Miles Morales. I think it's right. the same case here in that uh, Evel Ewing is on the young side, so that's probably why we're why we're getting like this. Does it make it any better? I mean, you know, to some, yes, but yeah, it, it's still kind of it's still kind of something I uh, both of us end up bumping up against. Now then. The thing that I and Age of Seventy kind of had a, uh, a thing about is while this character is no stranger to having, you know, their either identities change or something about their powers change, they are apparently um, they are taking this in a direction that I'm not too terribly crazy about. Yeah. Um, like I think we've already I've already said it on the show that it seem to be tying they have uh in past issues seem to be tying her powers to uh the beyonder, which slightly kind of makes more sense than what I feel like they're they're intimating here. Like it may even be more than that, and they may I don't know if whether they're trying to tie it making a you know, a Hail Mary into um something that's going to parallel what's going on in the, in the MCU. But, um, it's, I'm not too, I'm not crazy about what it seems like they're doing with what we, what, 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 what was brought up in here as to what they're playing with. Um, and I don't want to say too much more without giving it away because I will go ahead and just blurt out what the hell they did, what you know, what the hell they're intimating. But I'm not going to do that. So, but basically, what we know about Monica's powers uh, may have some precedent, mm-hmm. or her, her and her powers, I should say, should have, may have some precedent. And I'm not sure. Uh, what it sounds like they're doing, I'm not crazy about why they're doing it. We're still not sure. Uh, we were kind of wondering before the show whether they're going to leave that out there for someone else to take up or whether this is actually going to kind of come up in the next issue. We're not uh, sure. It's the last issue. I think I feel like they should do something just mm-hmm. to kind of just to kind of cap that. I still probably won't like it, but at least it'll be out there. Depending on right. how they do it, or depending on what they do, actually, because we don't necessarily know, but they're heavily suggesting something that has not been the case uh, with her and her powers. Yep, agreed. So, I, I will, I will say it in, in as I have in my notes. Holy retcons, Batman! Yes, that is a gigantic retcon that they have sprung upon us in this issue. Yeah. Like so. thirty plus years in the making, right? More so. like forty almost. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I had to look, go back and look when the when the um, the annual was. Um, so, actually, I can check that right now while you're uh, done. Right. I mean, I guess ultimately, what we're just saying is that you know uh, this this photon miniseries has been interesting 
and to us taking some weird turns because we're happy to see Monica get some shine. We're happy to see her take the lead in an ish, in a book, in a, you know, even if it is a miniseries, because the character is about to get a lot more uh, exposure as a result of. Uh, being in a summer Marvel movie, uh, you know, out, you know, she's already been in WandaVision, but now she's going to be in theaters worldwide. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's 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 a prime. It, it, it is definitely a, a prime reason for Marvel to have Monica be uh, featured as the lead character in a comic book. It's just interesting, and in some sense, in some senses very sad how they are trying to uh, reconstruct the character and retcon parts of her story uh, is it is definitely we don't have confirmation yet but we definitely have signs that this could be more of the MCUification of the 616 Marvel Universe right and the fact that they feel that they have to do it is, is the thing that's really really getting and like we we have had issues with the MCU verification of certain events and characters in, that, right. that fall back into the books before but this one personally I, I'm taking this one well I'm not taking it personally because I mean I don't have any personal stake in the character but it's a character that I enjoy so I don't want to be like I don't want to be one of those people who's like oh this is my character how could you do it as a character change character change like, it's just that this seems like something that didn't need to happen well, it right. doesn't seem like it needs to happen depending on what they end up doing because we don't just know what the end result of what they're doing. Right. Exactly. We don't know yet. We do not so, know yet. Because so they actually get... leave it very ambiguous in this issue. Right. But it's still also in, in that same vein, still kind of clear as to where they seem like they might be going. And right. that's the right. part right. that kind of. It's just a matter of whether or not they go fully in that direction in the next issue or. Or there is definitely a possibility that they will not finish following it up in the next issue, but lead into something else. Right. So we'll we'll find out when that happens. That being said, uh, Amazing Spider-Man Annual num- Volume Number One, Number Sixteen. Buckle up, folks! Is forty-one years old. I'm getting too old for this. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> or forty-two, depending on who you go by. But I'm going by the. Um... Because I'm seeing two different dates from two different places. Right, probably because one is like the publication date and one is the release date. That is correct. But the the public date, but the, the publication date on one site is totally different from the release date on another. Right. So, uh, but I think I'm going to go with the, 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 the fandom one because I feel like I, I think that's when I picked up that book. <laughs> like shortly thereafter that. So... That being said, yeah, Manuel Carambo loved the character, and, and I want uh, want good things for her, and I, I hope she you know continues to stay in people's purview with the MCU. That's certainly going to happen, but I'm still not liking the way the the that they feel like they have to parallel the MCU to uh, parallel the books back to the MCU, right? Uh, you know, and I know why they're we know why they're doing it. We know a reason why they would do it. Uh, it is a longish standing reason as to be, you know, hey, people go to the movies, they might like this character, they might want to see him in the book. And if they don't see the same character in the movies that they see in the book, they might not be, you know, they, they might be put off. 
Well, guess what? As on the other side of that, as people who read the characters, and I can't speak to every seven, I'm speaking for myself. As people who see them feeling that they have to parallel the uh, the books back to the MCU when the books came first is a problem for me. Yeah, yeah. Even though we know logically there is some valid reason for that. Right. You know, so. But in any event, we can move on to Rapid Fire because I think Roddy Cat has several more books to go. I only have a few, so I will spin it up. I ain't got time to bleed. Oh, hold on. It's fire time. What's up? That's how old school. That's not even the current minigun sound. No, it's not, but it's the one I had on, yeah. on here. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I don't know. That's the one that you had. There's nothing wrong with that. Thank you for having that up. Mm-hmm. So, um, first up for me is Nightwing number 102. It's written by Tom Taylor with art by Travis Moore. Uh, I will say that this issue of Nightwing follows up immediately on the events of the previous issue, and there are some shenanigans that involve Neuron. I do not care for Neuron, but I do care about the fact that the new Teen Titans, the, the core new Teen Titans group has been reunited in the pages of Nightwing, and I'm here for it. Whether or not I like the story that they're telling is another story, but I am here for the fact that they have been reunited as a squad and they are doing things in the pages of Nightwing. Are they, Next still, up, wait, are they still supposed to be taking over for the Justice League? Is that Justice. thing still happening? I think so. Yeah. Next up, Punisher number 10 is written by Jason Aaron with pencils by Jesus Saiz, inks by Paul Azaceta, or Azaceta, colors by Matt Hollingsworth, and letters by Reese's Cord Petit. So we have a story here told from the vantage point, the viewpoint of... If you if you haven't been keeping up with this volume of Punisher, what I'm about to say or hint at is a spoiler. But let's just say this is from the point of view of a character from Frank Castle's past that has been resurrected. And I don't know where Aaron is going with this like kind of gigantic retcon whether or not any other writer is going to pick up on this going forward or if it's going to be an editorial mandate to, in fact, follow up on this going forward. We shall see. But it's an interesting way of telling the story, this, re, this, this in fact, retcon of Frank Castle's story, but recapping it from the point of view of one of his previously thought to be long-dead relatives. Last but not least, is She-Hulk number 11, and this is a book that Roddy Cat and I have in common. It's written by Rainbow Rowell, with art by Andres Genolet, colors by D. Cuniff, and letters by our favorite lettering Paisan, VC's Joe Caramagna. So this is a story in basically two parts. The first part is following up on what has been happening in the pages of She-Hulk, which is a burgeoning relationship between or rekindling of a relationship between uh, one Jennifer Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk, and Jack of Hearts. Things don't go swimmingly for them. Do not go swimmingly for them in this issue. But there is a ready distraction 
rain, uh, put into the story by Rainbow Roll, which is a call from the Fantastic Four. I am curious to see, to find out, I'm sure someone's already posted it, what that Fantastic Four ringtone is, because it is shown as sheet music in the pages of the book. I do not know what it is. Do you? It's probably uh, the 90s theme. Fantastic Four. I gotcha. I mean, either that is the old 60s one, but I I feel like they would probably go with the 90s one. One one of the two. One of the two, right? So um, the, uh, the story there involves, as I said, the Fantastic Four basically guest starring in this book, doing a cameo appearance, calling upon one of their former... Uh, uh, member one of the one, one of their former colleagues as a member of the Fantastic Four as uh, to give them an assist and as part of this assist, She-Hulk encounters somebody apparently new because I do not recognize this character and it's meant to be you know possibly you know it, I don't know it, I, I guess maybe it's just the art throwing me off it's meant to be someone that might actually be like on the handsome side you know at least from She-Hulk's vantage point and you know we'll see if this turns into like a uh, 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 not a love at first sight thing but definitely you know some, some sort of uh, source of uh, tension uh, in this book right she she uh, this character definitely got Jennifer's uh, curiosity up for for yeah. one reason or another. I'll yep. say that. Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, actually, this wasn't the only uh, guest star because at the beginning of the book, the the uh, the Fight Club came back uh, came back up with a, uh, at least one new member, or I, I one new one of member, which was kind of funny, who wanted to mm-hmm. get tagged in. <laughs> but you would think this person would be a little bit busy running New York. Yeah, just a little. But apparently, you know, I understand, you know, the stress of, you know, government <laughs> can weigh on a person. So you kind of got to let that out. But I, I, I enjoyed that, um, that, first, that first part of the book with the Fight Club. And that's it for you? Yeah, that's it for me. Alright then. Uh we are going to go into my books with Batman Superman World's Finest uh number thirteen, which every time I say that book uh say this makes me want to go back and watch that uh animated uh movie. Never fails. Uh but this was written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora, colors by Tamara Bonvillain, and letters by Steve Wands. So there's been a murder um of a character who I'm sure some longtime Superman or DC fan may know about um and their relation to another B slash seedless hero who if you're watching the video version is on the cover uh and, and their affiliation with this uh particular um person so this this uh, issue kind of goes in the way of saying, uh, well, not even going so way in the face. Like the the mystery is afoot, and you know there is this the one suspect, but apparently at the end of this book there is another suspect who 
you know, normally be the one looking into the crime, let's just say, as opposed to being, um, as opposed to being the person behind it, but also not a stranger to being accused of, you know, <laughs> of, uh, some, some, some stuff, put it this way. Also, Jimmy Olsen is also on the case, so rest assured this is all going to get taken care of in the next issue or two. Uh, next up is Black Adam number nine of 12. Uh, blink. There we go. Uh, script by, or I should say written, but it says script on it, but Christopher Priest, uh, pencils by Eddie Barrows, inks by Ibra Ferreira, uh, colors by Matt Herms, and letters by Willie Schubert. So, what um, starts off as uh, Adam continuing his story about his mighty Adam days turns into pretty much um, how he ended up being Black Adam and kind of bringing us back to the beginning of this story, which um, has to do with some meeting of this people um, that he ended up uh, meeting out in space during a time that he wasn't on earth. Um, what, where this is going, I'm not entirely sure, but um, I, as I say in my notes, I'm not sure if there's a DCU parallel cause I never still haven't seen the black Adam movie, but I don't think there is. Um, and you know, on the side, there's this whole thing with, um, Wow. Uh, the 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 person that he gave his that Adam gave his powers to that is still kind of laid up be, because of um, some things on the side that are, are probably going to get taken care of uh, now that something's been introduced to them. So still got three more issues left. Of, excuse me, four more issues. No, excuse me, three more issues left of this series. So it's it's starting around the corner. Uh, next up is. Probably a potential click of the week for myself. And I know Agent 70 did not uh, get a chance to read it if he was going to. But Milestone, 30th anniversary number one, which is a one-shot. Um, th- it is pretty much almost anthology-like. Um, oh, However, I think Agent 70 is going to get a kick out of this. But first, I'm going to say the, uh, the, uh, the credits on this. Um... First story is written by Evan Narcisse with pencils by uh, Adagun Ilhan and Chris Cross, inks by Dexter Vines and Juan Castro, Norm Rapman. Uh, I think I'm missing something here. Uh, yeah, I think I'm missing something here in between that. Um, Adagun Ilhan and Chris Cross. Yeah, I'm missing something here. Uh, colors by Chris Sotomayor and Noel Giddings, who has a, uh, gets gets reference in, in one of the stories, which was cool. Uh, and letters by and world design. The second, uh, story is written in art by Nicholas Draper Ivy, the, who is doing the, uh, the current static series with, uh, Vita Ayala, uh, and letters by Hassan Atsmane, uh, Elau. The third, uh, story is written by Stephanie Williams, art by Yasmin Flores, uh, Montanez, colors by Romulo Fajardo Jr. And letters by and one design and world design and world is a different company. Fourth uh, is written by Jeffrey Thorne, pencils by Sean Damien Hill, inks by Anthony Fowler Jr. and Juan Castro, colors by Will Quintana, and letters by And World Design. 
Uh, and that is, well, that's not it, but that's all for the credits of that. Because at the end, there's a preview for a static uh, graphic novel. Um, but the first one, which Age of 70 might get a kick out of, is basically almost ends up being Milestone's version of a crisis. Complete, mm-hmm. almost complete with their, with their own pariah. Almost. almost. It's, it's not as bad, I, I will say that. Um, but you can kind of see if if you choose to if you plan on reading this, you will see where I'm coming from with that uh, assertion. Um, uh, there's a couple of references to like John Paul Leon, which is the, I believe the original artist for Static uh, in this, and Noel Giddings, Giddings who, I, who I've already said. Um, but yeah, they basically a milestone current milestone characters get whisked to the past and meet up with uh, their original versions let's just say and then they all end up kind of in a crisis (laughs) in a way so uh there's that for the first story the second story is um it's basically batman beyond but with static a grown-up static because as folks may or may not know i believe static did show up in either batman beyond or no he did not in batman beyond but in batman animated series no excuse me other way around Batman and the Justice League ended up showing up in the static cartoon, if I'm not mistaken, which is all in the same universe either way, so it doesn't matter. But this is basically an older static meeting up with Terry McGinnis, Batman Beyond, kind of giving him some some pointers. It's a it's an interesting story. Um, third one is Rocket of right of of icon and Rocket fame, sending her a uh, her kid off to college. And her herself graduating into the role of uh, I- of, of icon, so there's that. And uh, the fourth one is the Blood Syndicate, uh, which is a book I need to go back and read because I don't know too much about them in- either way. Basically, trying their hand at governing, and it kind of plays off the, the beginning of the first story, if I'm not mistaken. But there is that. So, it's some it's some good stuff in there, and I enjoyed it. Oh, and the, the, there is a fifth story in there, but it's not necessarily a story. It's just like I said, a preview of um, a upcoming static uh, graphic novel. That is that uh, if you're interested, you can check that out there. So, but yeah, good stuff. If you have any interest in the milestone characters, you 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 might want to check this out. It's it was kind of partially a little hard to read because of some art. You know, because of the art, but because they were kind of mirrored the old uh, milestone art style, which they did effectively, but also kind of made it a little hard to read in in spots for me. That's me because I'm old. Um, (laughs) Next up, Wasp number three of four. Um, Come on. Here we go. Think. There we go. Uh, Written by Al Ewing with art by Kasia Nee or Nye. Um, color artist KJ Diaz, letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So, um, basically, what we found out last issue was that uh, the alien that killed Janet's Janet Van Dyne's father, which led to her becoming the Wasp, uh, apparently is still around in way shape of some way shape or form. Uh, Janet and Nadia end up falling into a trap at the end of the last issue uh, of which they are still kind of in the throes of 
Jarvis tries to tries to come in and help him, and I think he gets caught up in this. But in the in the course of it, they basically end up uh, reliving, or I say re- reliving in quotes, a past uh, that may have been, that could have been, um, going into the end of this issue. To what ends, we'll, we we shall see. Uh, let's see. And I believe I have one more book, which is Gargoyles, number four. And I know Agent 70 did not get a chance to check that out, so I won't spoil anything for him. But there's really not much to spoil on it. Uh, written by Greg Wiseman, illustrated by George Campadias, colors by Arancia Studio, and letters by Jeff Eckleberry. So, again, because I have not uh, watched enough of the show to know who some of these people are, um, I can only say that apparently Dino Drankon is out of jail and plans to take the city back. Uh, That might be a spoiler for some of you who know who this character is, but I don't know. Uh, I I don't know myself. But uh, the gargoyles are in his way, and I think they're... um, I was still kind of halfway through it, but uh, the gargoyles kind of get caught in a trap, or at least one of them kind of gets caught in a trap of their own, while some other things end up going all, going around, going about uh, with all of that situation. So, it's done a good read so far, and like I said, one of these days I will I will actually watch the whole uh, series to see what the hell is, how, how we got to this point, because supposedly this is a continuation of whatever happened uh, in that show. So, as, as the wise men tend to do. And that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Marty Cat has it. I don't think I do, actually. Oh. It's okay. So, clicks of the week incoming, folks. I know what mine is. I don't know if Roddy Cat has a candidate yet, but I think I'm pretty sure that my click of the week is going to be Doctor Strange number one as the new number one issue of this week. I think it was a strong start and gets us going in a slightly new direction. Hmm. Actually, I should look back and see if anybody... They did not. Okay. Close that. So, for myself, I the, the aforementioned uh, Milestone 30th is a, a potential click. Um, Batman Superman was, was, was all right. And She-Hulk. Uh, Wasp was actually pretty cool too, but it was like, it was kind of, yeah, it was what it was. I think I'm actually going to continue with my potential click of the week with the, uh, and yeah, make it the uh, milestone 30th anniversary one shot issue. Uh, there we go. Put that up there. And that way we can just kind of keep this train a rolling. It was good stuff. Like I said, if you, if you like the milestone characters, uh, you will probably enjoy that book. And with that, we're going to go into the, the news section. But first, an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Funko, Fun at First Sight. It's your home for exclusive collectibles such as their world-famous pop vinyl bobbleheads, apparel including t-shirts, hats, and socks, <coughs> Excuse me. and brand merchandise including custom DIY pop figures, art books, and skateboards. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy 10% off your entire purchase when shopping at Funko. 
to place your first order with 10% off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at tspn.us. That's tspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the fun code link and place your order. When you get to the checkout, put in the offer code SHOP10 for your 10% off discount. Fun code through cspn.us. Do it today. Ka-ching. And now we get into the news. Thank you. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. Oh, wait. Wait a Yes, yeah, Ridicat still has like most of our old school sound, so Yeah, I forgot I had that one. Um pardon me for a moment, folks. While I okay, I can get to that in a second. I had to do a little transitioning work. It's okay. There, there we go. Unfortunately we're starting off with some sad news. Um in relation to uh something that we talked about uh at the beginning of the show. Lance Reddick, uh, star of The Wire and John Wick. And uh, for those of you who play video games, he was Zavala from Destiny 2. Avid geek and gamer and um, just damn good actor uh, has passed uh, at the age of 60. And this was a week before... This was last week, right before... um, uh, John Wick Chapter 4 um, came out. So this was very much a shock to find out through, uh, from what I've seen all across, uh, including the stars, apparently. Right, because he was doing the press. He was in the middle of doing the press tour for John Wick 4. Well, yeah, I guess so. So he was found, yeah, um, he says here he was found dead in a Studio City home in Los Angeles Friday morning, according to TMZ which sometimes I don't like to go with TMZ, but apparently, you know, there was on point in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Um, it says here, Lance was taken us from, from us far too soon. Thank you for all of your overwhelming love, support, and beautiful stories shared on these platforms over the last uh, day. And this is from his uh, Lance Reddick's wife, Stephanie, who shared uh, a message on social media, which I, I did see that um, from his account which actually kind of messed me up for a second when I saw it. I was like, oh, right. Because usually they have, some of these people have other people, you know, with, uh, behind their sites mm-hmm. or, or with access to their sites. So, um, but yeah, there was, um, actually I'm going to, I'm going to put in the next story since it is related. Sure, because, go ahead. um, uh, shoot. Because John Wick's, uh, Keanu Reeves and Chad Selinsky also had their reactions to um, to uh, Lance Reddick's death, death. And I think I remember, I don't know if this story has the video on it, but there was um, uh, Keanu, you know, while talking press. Uh, you okay? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, while talking press, basically saying, like, it fucking sucks he's not here. It was his oh, yeah. exact words. Yeah. Um, and, which is on uh, the video that's probably I'm on this mistaken. article. Right, I was going to say, if I'm not mistaken, Lawrence Fishburne broke out into tears oh, during no, a similar kind of press, uh, you know, like uh, like red carpet type thing. Right. I'm not going to lie. Even watching the movie, um, you know, kind of kind of made me feel a certain way. Because like, yeah, yeah I was ready. sad to see. That. Yeah, right. I was sad to see him on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And without going through to anything else 
Yeah, um, uh, yeah, then we'll leave it at that. Um, but yeah, it is it's definitely a sad fact to lose, you know, anybody. But you know, there are some people who you know you 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 feel a certain way about, you know, especially if you know if they're a, an actor or an actress or a musician or a group. Or, he was or only sixty. Like. He was only sixty. Way too young. Which, granted, things can happen. But yeah, exactly. Still, you know, he seemed to be. You, you really can't tell by looking at about it what kind of health they and, and things kind of tend to happen just right out of the blue anyway. So you know you never you never know one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, um, like things just happen just like that. So hey, keep a hold of your loved ones. Tell them you love them. All that kind of good mess. Um, but yeah, we're gonna try to transition on from that to the next story. Right, so Disney Plus has acknowledged that 2023 MCU premiere dates may be delayed. So, um, yeah, there, there's, you know, we don't know when uh, the, uh, some of these announced shows are going to premiere. It seems that Secret Invasion and the second season of Loki may be the only sure bets to actually premiere sometime in the year 2023. So we will see. Listen, it's a wait and see game at this point. So we will see. Yep, pretty much. <clears throat> Dania Guerrera once again teases Black Panther spinoff series centered around her character Okoye. <laughs> so yeah, I think we talked about it when she was on Colbert uh, um, a couple of months ago, kind of teasing around it, which was very cute. Uh, the you know the 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 banter between her and um, Colbert on that one, which is probably on this um, article somewhere, but. But apparently she was um, <clears throat> she was at the Oscars and she was asked again about the series and she told uh, Entertainment Tonight that, quote, I've been told that I can speak of it vaguely, so I will vaguely respond, which is kind of similar to what she said on uh, Colbert. However, I guess the idea behind the story like that, if one were to exist, would be to explore the character in ways that we haven't done yet. But who knows? which, you know, the way Marvel snappery goes and uh, things like this sounds more of a surefire thing than not. So, this is what we got. Just stay tuned to find out if if it is actually a thing that's going to happen, but probably is. Next up. Next up, there's a rumor floating around that a variant of Kang may in fact make an appearance in Moon Knight Season 2. Uh, obviously, that makes sense if you're familiar with uh, some elements of Kang the Conqueror's origin story. But we will see. Again, this is just a rumor. You know, I heard a rumor, and uh, this is one of them. So, again, rumor. We'll see. Wait and see. Take it with a grain of salt. Yes, because we don't. We still don't even know if we're even getting a Moon Knight season two. So, right. the 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 most grain of salt there is. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy ties Infinity War for one of the MCU's longest movies. And thanks to Adblocker, I cannot see the whole of this article, so I'm just going to switch over to this. Uh, apparently, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is going to be long. Um, apparently, according to the direct, uh, it's going to be two hours and 29 minutes long, beating out its, pre- its predecessors, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, about 12 minutes, and ties uh, Avengers Affinity War, according to this article. 
Uh, which, so we'll see if that actually comes to be the case. Um, don't, you know, don't drink water before you go into the theater, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Next up. Haley Steinfeld, the actress who voices Gwen Stacy slash uh, Spider-Woman in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse or you mean Ghost, Ghost Spider? Spider? Yeah. Right. I was going to say, I, I'm reading from the uh, the article and I'm like, did they really mean Spider-Woman? I guess Spider-Woman in the sense that I don't think they, uh, they, they, did they have her introduce herself as Ghost Spider in, nope. in the movie? That's nope. what I was going to say. I don't think so. So uh, Steinfeld talked about uh, a change in, or an, or at least a, a different direction for uh, her character in the second animated Spider-Man movie. In that, if the first film was about Miles learning that anyone can wear the mask, this second movie is about how you how you wear the mask. So it's about finding out who you know each character is at their core. So I wonder if that means that this one's probably going to be more, a little bit more centered on her than, than not. We don't know. I mean, because we know yeah. it's a two-parter, and we know it's still going to be some some Spider Verse shenanigans going on. So <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <clears throat> Katie Sackoff reveals why Bo-Katan didn't tell Mando about the Mythosaur, which. In a way, we kind of got shades of in this last uh, episode, but this is basically uh, um, uh, coming from from or coming after the second episode, which was uh, of the third season, which was chapter eighteen, which was called "The Minds of Mandalore," uh, where that kind of thing happened. Where that happened. Spoiler alert! But like I said, you kind of get a, a, a actually. You get something on that in this episode. I'm not going to, like I said, without spoiling the, or the current episode of The Mandalorian. But according to this article, uh, Katie Sekoff says that she doesn't trust necessarily what she saw. She might have thought she was imagining it, adding there's so many things that she's trying to process in her head that I don't think it's necessarily uh, think that it's something that she wants to tell any about, anyone about right now as of that uh, episode, I will go so far as to say. Uh, Sekov went on to explain that while Bo respects Din, she nat- she's naturally cagey and probably isn't ready to entrust him with such a big secret. Which I can safely say checks out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Next up. Alright, so we had talked about this before that uh, Disney had canceled the Willow series on Disney+. Plus. Uh, but apparently now, Willow series writer and showrunner Jonathan Kasdan is saying on social media that the series has not been canceled and Volume 2 is still in the planning stages. I mean, if you really want, you know, another season of Willow. Somebody probably does. Yeah, right? <laughs> so. Next also, up. I was going to say, shout out to the, the son of Lawrence Kasdan, who's, who's uh, I guess, following his dad's footsteps or you know, whatever. Anyway, um, so this was surprising news. Uh, Victoria Alonso is no longer with Marvel Studios. Um, so apparently at the Academy Awards, um, 
she was um she was there and you know uh, having a moment i guess uh with a, a couple of other high powered women uh, that she took pictures with but eight days later, she was fired as Marvel's president of physical production, post-production, VFX, and animation. Um, it says here that three individuals familiar with the matter told Variety. So the shakeup comes as a surprise to many in show business and within the vast Marvel comic book fandom. Um, and as I said earlier, yeah, I was kind of surprised myself. It says here that Alonzo's dismissal has raised numerous questions about uh, behind the scenes working. Uh, well, I guess it's basically coming off of stuff we've been reporting about, about BFX stuff and, wh- and whatever, but I'm not, I don't know. But going by what this article says, um, that, uh, yeah, I said, the. Uh, has raised numerous questions about the behind the scenes working as, uh, as the prize content engine, according to this article, this is not me saying that. And with them, another unfavorable news cycle as Disney CEO, Bob Iger attempts to stabilize its parent company amid, uh, economic unrest. Uh, the cause is unclear of determination according to sources, but, uh, Wait, the decision was made by a consortium including human resources, which we all know how that goes. Disney's legal department and multiple executives, including Disney Entertainment co-chair Alan Bergman. Uh, the, the article kind of goes on to there. And, of course, you know, they, they name-checked uh, Feige about, you know, particular, what his role may or may not have been or whether he had even had any role in this, whatnot, but it even goes on from that. You can read the rest of the article from there because it just kind of goes on to, as to you know, what she's done while she was at Disney. So, next up. Alright, not long ago Doctor Who showrunner Russell T. Davies teased that there were more Doctor Who spinoff shows coming and the first of the new spinoffs has been, uh, has had details come out and it will focus on the military research organization unit. Okay. So for, for those that may not know, that goes back to, if I'm not mistaken, the third series of Dr. Strange. Uh, Ooh, not Dr. Strange. Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Who. Sorry. Um, thanks. But, uh, it's interesting that they will go back to that. Which, as this article says, yeah, that they've come up a couple of times during the, the series, but that's pretty much where they were prominent. Gotham Knights synopsis may tease a major Teen Titans live action debut. Uh, so it says here that the CW dropped the official synopsis for season one, episode four of Butchers and Portrayals, which features the tagline X marks the spot. Uh, so yes, folks, Red X might be making a, uh, live action debut on this Gotham Knights show that I don't know too many people are watching. Next up. Uh, Ray Fisher. Yeah. Ray Fisher continues to push for DC firings in the wake of James Gunn's new plans. Uh, Okay. I mean, seriously, okay. Yeah, so, so I don't know. There's, there's, there's part of me put this reason in here because, like, why are you still, like, you, the people you had beef with are gone, but apparently he has uh, continued beef with the, the practices and the people who got hired from all of that, I guess. And to that, I'm sitting here like, okay, 
we already know you're not going to work with with them anymore. So what is this, what did, what are you getting out of this? Right. He, I'm sure he has a reason and and it's justified and all of that. But I was like, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird. Uh, but speaking of things that are not so weird, uh, Shazam: Fury of the Gods stumbles, according to this article, with thirty million dollar opening weekend, which apparently is not so great. Right. So it opened at number one in North America, which is not really saying much about this time of year. So <laughs> that's not really that's saying true. a whole lot. Um, but it says here is a disappointing 30.5 million debut from 4,071 theaters. Uh, heading to the weekend, the film was expected to collect 35 million to 40 million, which already wasn't all that spectacular since it cost north of 110 million to make and another 100 million to market, according to this article. Uh, it says here it's a substantial drop from 2019 Shazam uh, blase 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 we don't need to necessarily go to the rest of that first of all from what I heard they didn't show enough making good and that's enough for me not to go see that movie moving right along okay uh, the Simpsons are bringing back an infamous, an infamous character from season one so as reported by the independent a synopsis for season 34's upcoming Pin Girl episode said that a mysterious figure from Marge's past returns to coach her for a bowling tournament. Uh, Simpson showrunner Al Jean or Al Jean later confirmed uh, the return to be Jacques. Okay. This is a bowling instructor who tried to have an affair with Marge. Okay. Yeah. He debuted 33 years ago. Okay. Deep cuts, <laughs> I guess. Seriously. Uh, also, that show is still on the air. Also, I just found out another show is apparently still on the air that I was like, I thought was gone. I wouldn't watch it anyways. It doesn't matter. Uh, Anime Corner. <laughs> uh, this yeah. is one story, huh? I said I just laughed. <laughs> um. Oh, actually, this is you. Go for it. No, no, no. Oh, I right. no, 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 sorry, I did that. No, it was me. Um, basically, Studio Mappa unveils first details of uh, their 2023 audience on a, uh, offerings on a stage event. So, apparently they didn't have anything in 2022, uh, but 2023 is going to see, uh, apparently, according to the stage event they had, they had first... Uh, footage of Jujutsu Kaisen Season 2, which, yay. And the first details of so now Katabuchi's In This Corner of the World, which is the next uh, uh, anime film to come from Studio Mappa. Uh, let's see. There was also some stuff from Vinland Saiga, Attack on Titan, uh, Chainsaw Man, uh, and some other folks that were uh, that were presenting at the uh at this stage event so cool and now we're going to go over into the comic book news uh... there we go one punch man creators new manga has debuted exciting first artwork so versus the latest manga series created by one punch man's creator one and tenkaichi's artist Azuma Kyutaru, 
excites fans with a battle-ready cover. Okay. Oh, sorry, that was still anime manga corner, but that's fine because, like I said, there wasn't really much in this, uh, in this corner anyway. Never. <laughs> so, so uh, this was kind of funny, and um, as, as someone on my subreddit said, "Cap." But uh, you would have to understand what that means in order to get what that Stop means. Stop the cap! So, Naruto fans claim Baruto Chapter 79 is better than One Piece's entire series. Jesus. Alright, stop the cap. <laughs> and I had, I had chuckled at that, because I was like, really? Um, first of all, not really a big One Piece person, because that's, uh, and, and that's almost impenetrable to me at that point. Um, but I don't even think I would say that about Baruto, Baruto, much less Naruto as a whole. But, you know, hey, to, to each their own. Um, this article kind of goes into a little of what, uh, does it actually? No, it doesn't actually. But it basically hints about what happens in, in chapter 79 of the manga. Uh, but I only put it in here just for that title because that was so silly. <laughs> Next up. Now we're getting into um, comic book news. All right. So we have some of the first story details for Project 007, a brand new James Bond game from IO Interactive, the team responsible for the Hitman series. Okay. Yes, I'm looking forward to this. Um, doesn't really give a whole, whole lot. And I don't even think there's an art of some video for them because they're still kind of in the beginning stages of it. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. If you ever played Hitman, then you know what IO is about and so for them to have the, the 007 license is, is a, so far seems to be a good thing alright um, Magic the Gathering oh I thought I took this out there well, Magic the Gathering officially recognizes a new multiplayer format called Oathbreaker um, so apparently this was a see the format uh, this is a format that accommodates 3 to 5 players and was invented by a gaming Minnesota-based group called Weird Cards Charitable Club. So basically, it was a kind of a fan-made uh, format. And now it has been... Um, now, hey, Wizards of the Coast, uh, the purveyors of uh, Magic the Gathering, has seen fit to kind of uh, officialize it, I guess. Um, so that's cool. Uh, I'm not going to go into how you play it, but it seems kind of like one of their other formats, or at least another offshoot of one of their other formats. So uh, we'll let that be that. Next up. Oh, boy. <laughs> For its Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering set, Wizards of the Coast, the publisher, has printed a special one-of-a-kind the one ring card and hidden it in special packs. Goodness gracious, yo. <laughs> so, yeah, so this kind of goes in, in line with their, uh, they're already doing a uh, Lord of the Rings themed collaboration, uh, crossover collaboration, which they've done with other, other stuff that uh, we've talked about on the show. And yes, someone can finally... Uh, own a card copy of the one ring. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, I believe, wait, is there um was there a monetary prize I thought I saw with this? Or maybe maybe not. 
Well, they likened this to the Willy Walker's golden ticket, apparently, but not there is no monetary prize or anything to finding this. There's also they are also uh, reprinting um, Soul Ring, which is a big card in Magic the Gathering, so and goes in and out of print. But yeah, that's the whole thing. Microsoft claims Superman the game in development of PlayStation. Don't know how Microsoft would know that. What Sony is doing? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I wanted to add because I had to dig into the article. Okay. I'm sorry to hit the mm-hmm. rewind button, folks. I would have a rewind button if I was on my regular rig. So, so to celebrate that special one ring, Wizards has decided to make its own. Though players will be able to purchase and play with the standard printing of the mythic, rare, legendary artifact card, the One Ring. Right. Wizards has printed a single, as Ryder Cat mentioned, you know, like the Willy Wonka golden ticket, right? Has printed a single, one of one, a special version of the card with extended art and text rendered in the black speech of Sauron. Yep. If you're watching the video version, you can see said card uh, here. Yikes. Yikes, yikes, yikes. And I was about to say, hey, don't worry about it. No one can read it, but I forgot there are people who absolutely positively know how to read it. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, there are people who have learned goodness. Elvish, so I know, you know, I know oh. for a fact folks can read what that says. So, yeah, that's that's a thing. Um there's, there's another set of magic cards that I'm looking for that I'm trying to find right now and, and I hate the way they did it, but unfortunately, because you know me as a big Transformers fan, they did, also did that. So, um, but I can't find those cards, or I haven't looked hard enough for those cards. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, Microsoft says that um, apparently saying that there's a Superman game in development at PlayStation. Um... It says here that the last Superman console game was 2006 with Superman Returns. Uh, and, well, I guess that's not counting Injustice and, um, yeah, the, the Lego games, but I guess not. According to Microsoft, as, as a part of its ongoing Activision acquisition drama, it claimed in a document that PlayStation is developing an exclusive Superman game. So that's why that the, they would have some sort of knowledge of this being the case. I don't, you know. But while this sounds incredibly exciting, according to this article, and even possible given that uh, Sony and uh, Warner Brothers have worked closely together in the past, it is likely not accurate, according to this article. Uh, It says, unfortunately, there seems to be a typo error on the part of Microsoft's lawyers, and they've mistaken Superman for Spider-Man, which we do know that they're doing, which they already have done. Uh, Insomniac Games uh, has been hard to work on the Spider-Man franchise, and we know there's another one coming, yada, yada, yada. So, um, if indeed there is another uh, Superman game coming, and it's going to be on Sony platform for some odd reason, which seems still kind of strange to me for some for reasons, you know, I guess we'll wait and see. I know they've been playing around with trying to get a Superman game. I think even Rocksteady, who's doing that Super Saiyan Squad game, was rumored to have such a game that they were going to be working on, but nobody's really cracked that code in a good minute. Anyway, next up. Ah, so in uh, opinion piece, <laughs> DC Comics' wonderful swimsuit covers are sexy and tasteful, and they mentioned that Marvel did swimsuit covers back in the 90s, and they may not have been all that tasteful, but it was, in fact, 
the 90s. I would almost disagree with that statement, but sure, I guess. What I mean, what one person's taste is another person's distaste, right? Right. So ultimately, these are eight variant covers of, you know, different of uh, different books with different characters. It's not an actual swimsuit special issue. Right. And I am clicking through the slides uh, for the people in the video version. So, yeah, there you go. Next up. Um, Deadpool's Negasonic Teenage Warhead stars in our first Marvel solo story. Uh, before you get too excited, it's um, on Marvel Unlimited in their Infinity um, <laughs> Infinity uh, comics. So Now, granted, that doesn't mean it's not going to see, it couldn't possibly see print uh, at some point, but you know, at this point, it is not. So it says here, Marvel's Voices uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead number 44 is now available on Marvel Unlimited. Um, it's written by Andrew Wheeler with art by Corolla Borelli and the colorist uh, Brittany Peer and it's six issues. So if you like that character and you have Marvel Unlimited, it's out there for you. Next up. All right, a new Avengers team is set to debut at the X-Men's next Hellfire Gala, which is coming up soon. So, announced at the Marvel Unlimited X-Men 60 Uncanny Years live virtual event this past March 16th, uh, the X-Men's next Hellfire Gala will lead to a new Uncanny Avengers series from writer Jerry Duggan and artist Javier Garon. Set around the upcoming Fall of X event, Uncanny Avengers will assemble Captain America, Steve Rogers, Rogue, Deadpool, Quicksilver, Psylocke, and Penance. The team will go up against a deadly new version of Captain Krakoa, who has assembled his own team of killers and begun attacking both the United States and Krakoan governments in an effort to start a new world war. Okay. I'm kind of bummed that we did not, quote-unquote, go to that event, because apparently there was a couple of news items to come out of it. But we're getting them now here, so it doesn't really matter. One of which being Marvel is hosting a real-life X-Men uh, Hellfire Gala at San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah, I got news of this through my own personal channels, and I, I was like, wow, that's actually really cool. Right. So, And I think Agent 70 and I, after the last show, had talked about that, that virtual event that they were having, but neither one of us seemed all that particularly... <laughs> we couldn't we couldn't fit into our schedules because it's been a hectic time so well that or didn't seem like there was much interest either way because we weren't really sure what it was outside of what it was suggesting to be you know so had we known there would have been any news for it i probably would have made a little bit more effort i guess but uh regardless sure if you're going to be at san diego comic-con which i feel like we will probably have somebody who will, about, will be there, but may, not, may or may not be here for this. Um, yeah, there's, they're going to do a real-life uh, gala, and they will reveal more details closer to San Diego Comic-Con, uh, and that will be coming from the Disney Fan Club. So, I guess we'll see when we'll see what, uh, what else comes out of that. Next up. This June, writer Kelly Thompson will wrap up her 50-issue run 
on Captain Marvel with a double-sized issue featuring art by Javier Pena and David Lopez. That's, wow, 50 issues. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I keep saying I probably want to catch up with this because I know you're saying that whole brood stuff is, is kind of intersecting with the, uh, with the X-Men stuff. But, right. but I remember right. you saying I'm this book was joking. good. Well, go ahead. Finish it. No, I was going to say, I remember you saying that this book was, had started off good and it had still been pretty good during the, during it the course. Maintained, right. It's definitely maintained like a decent level of quality throughout, the, right. throughout its run. And I like what Kelly Thompson has added to uh, the lore and mythology of Carol Danvers over the course of her run. So, you know, overall, I think I probably will either go through our review copies or just wait for the entirety of her run to be on Marvel Unlimited to really flip through it again and, you know, reread it and just see how, how, how far it's come and see if there are elements of the book that may very well be adapted into MCU uh, Carol. Right. All right. Uh, Sweet Paprika, Paprika, Black, White, and Pink, uh, One Shot is, uh, has a preview cover from In Front and Press. Um, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. Infernium Press's sexy CCO created by Harvey Ward winning superstar Merker, Merka Aldolfo returns with some all new stories for a special black, white, and pink, uh, special, uh, selection of fun and spicy adventures set within the Sweet Pepper universe presented by an outstanding array of talent across the comic books and entertainment industry. Uh, I'm not going to read through all these names. Uh, but there are some known people and some, to me, un, more unknown people. But hey, if you like uh, Paprika, there you go. Another one shot from Image Comics. Next up. That's Paprika. <laughs> um, anyway, last but not least, IO9 has a grisly look inside Pop's Chalk Lil Shop of Horrors, a new horror anthology featuring. Archie Comics' Riverdale's Finest Eatery with a gruesome twist. Okay. First of all, one that, that came out this week, if I'm not mistaken. Second of all, I don't appreciate this image, what this, Im- this image is saying uh, um, in this slideshow that, that's on the, the, if you're watching the video version, I don't appreciate it at all. You would have to understand uh, what is being said and who is being said about <laughs> to understand why I, w- I have a I have a problem with that, but nevertheless, um, that is end of this the the news section, and uh, I probably shouldn't show that picture there, but just like that. Anyway, that might have been a teaser for something that we teased about that you would not know unless we we connected the dots. Folks, that uh, is the news. Can we get one last ad read? Our last ad read of the night. And you know what we read when it's late and we are definitely crashing after the end of a very busy week. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us and click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, or the new McFarlane Toys Demon Slayer action figures. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN, the CSPN a payment, ka-ching, that helps us keep 
the Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Cut Thank you. You're muted. That brings us to the end of the show before it just suddenly gets upset with me. Uh, for whatever odd reason, it's late. I know he has a long day, so I'm going to let him go. But, folks, you can find uh, myself, Rydicat, at Rydicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CBCaps on Instagram. Uh, Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com is on Brilla sites therein. And last but never, never, ever least, uh, the Osiris that is ish, Tim D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter, uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the, the, the Cumber Chronicles Twitter account, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, uh, that is T-H-E-K-L-I-Q-N-A-T-I-O-N, theclicknation.com and of course he's over at uh, comicbook.com under the name Timothy Adams right in his face off you could find this here podcast on the course of the podcast network that's cspn.us do it today you could also find us on your podcast personal place of choice whether it be google play apple itunes uh, um, or whatever apple podcasts uh, Spotify, or the Cole Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the five-star reviews. I've been spending a good bit of time on Spotify, partially in due to the fact of uh, De La's uh, catalog-, catalog is on there. Of course. And apparently they, they're they back on the Billboard charts because of that. So, Or at least hey, the first I album. Was to say, that was... Uh, uh, what I was going to say is that was uh, part of a social media campaign to stream as much of their catalog as possible. Right. And I know people have been trying to get specifically the uh, the AOI uh, ones, definitely, because those are kind of overlooked albums in relation to, you know, the, mm-hmm. the beginning ones. So, but yeah, been good stuff. But also uh, uh, a playlist of my own, which I've been kind of digging into. But that's the outside of the purview of this particular podcast. Um... You can find us streaming uh, Thursday nights normally, unless we're doing a movie protocol like we did this week, on the YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation and twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Make sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification button to, uh, so that you know when we are online and give us all the great five-star reviews. Uh, and with that, yeah, I think that's it. I don't think we're going to go on movie protocol for that Dungeons and Dragons movie, but we yeah, will uh, let unlikely. folks know. Highly likely, highly unlikely, though. Wait. We both have interest in it, or we both have curiosities about it. I should say, not my own, you right. Know. right? That's probably the extent of it. Yeah. So if we do talk about it, or maybe on the show after the next show. Uh, if we, if either one of us goes to see it. That being said, folks, this has been the Cumber Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> uh, my time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn. Exactly.